Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down. She's talking from the skies and sending lives of feel good sounds. Oh, Betty in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. The music for this episode I recorded uh, in Cozumel, Mexico. It's a mariachi band. And in this episode, we have stories about airport security, drugged guy, a drugged pilot, a fire, ice cream, swings, dogs, a suction cup turtle, camels, and monkey balls. Let's get on with the show. I was coming home from Rome, and our flight was late. We had had a mechanical issue. Um, The plane was late getting in from weather. You know, there's always a lot of thunderstorms this time of year. So anyway, I've already missed two of my commuter flights, so I'm rushing through the airport trying to get to the next one. Uh, Already been quite a long day, and there's a woman... Now, you're not supposed to profile in general, right? But uh, as air crew, we do it all the time. And there was a woman, and she looked crazy. (laughs) We've been around enough people, you know crazy when you see crazy. And she had this giant dog, like some sort of mastiff. Must have been like at least 150 pounds. But this dog had this weird... I don't know if it was a medical problem or if she does it for looks, but he, he had sort of like a taped crown where his ears were, like a his, his ears were taped up. I don't know what for, but um, so she's got a giant dog and she's going, airport security, airport security, I need airport security. Like you just yell that in the airport and they show up. Um, I don't know. And so she walks over to there's a table where people are selling American Express. And she goes over to them with a giant dog with the tape crowned ears and says, are you airport security? And they're like, no. And she's like, I need you to get these people to stop walking. Now, I didn't know if she wanted all the people at the airport to stop walking or certain people to stop walking. But in general, that's what people do at the airport. They walk. Now, I'm in my uniform because uh, I'm rushing to a flight, and I'm kind of thinking to myself, should I get involved with this? And I'm thinking, no, it's not my deal. I'm not airport security. 
So I keep going, and there's two ladies not in uniform, and they're like, that lady looked crazy. I'm like, yeah, me, I thought so, too. She's just walking around going, airport security! <laughs> so I get on my flight. There's a nice young flight in it, and I'm like, oh, there was this crazy lady out there with a giant dog with some taped crowned ears, and she's going, airport security! Airport security! <laughs> so she goes, oh, my gosh, we were just walking to this flight, and I saw my friend, and she says, oh, my gosh, Oh my gosh. And um, she looked flustered. So I was like, what's wrong? And she's like, we just had the craziest lady, the craziest lady I have ever seen on my flight. And she had this giant dog. And I'm like, that's the same airport security lady. I was at the airport talking to a flight attendant and uh, she said, oh my gosh, have I got I got a story for you. And I wasn't thinking podcast at the time. Um, And I was like, oh, really? What happened? She's like, oh, my gosh. She said, I, she usually flies international, but she had picked up a um, 30-hour Panama City layover um, to bring her husband, uh, Florida. She was going to take her husband uh, to the beach and um, thought that sounded great. But she got rerouted, so they didn't get to Panama City. And uh, the husband didn't get to go, and she was a little aggravated. And then her last flight, she deadheaded back to her home base. And um, she's sitting in the exit row in her uniform. And uh, they land and they're sitting on the tarmac and she looks out the window. And at this point, I would be wondering if I was hallucinating. She said, I looked out the window and there was a guy out on the window. She said, he looked crazy, looked like he was on drugs. He had taken his clothes off. He was in his underwear. At first, he was doing a little dance. And she was like, huh? So here she is sitting at the exit row as a passenger. So she stands up and runs up to where the flight attendants are sitting on the jump seat and says, oh, my God, there's a guy out on the wing. Now, at this point... If she was not in her uniform, they would, I'm sure, have thought she was crazy. Because, of course, there's not a guy out on the wing. A guy out on the wing. That's what people on drugs say. But she's like, there's a guy out on the wing. So (laughs) the flight attendants believed her. And then she went running back to her exit row seat. And as she's running back, she sees the window tipping in. The guy was trying to come in and she's like, oh my God, he's trying to come in the plane. And she's telling, as she's running, she's telling the people at the window, push the window, don't let him come in. And passengers, you're not in your comfort zone. You don't live there like we do. Like just when you say to them, uh, did you ring your flight attendant call bell? Maybe by mistake. You you have left it before they even comprehend what you're saying. So the passengers didn't understand what she was saying. So she's like, Ugh. so she runs there, she gets there, she moves them out of the way. And she pushes the window uh, so that he can't come in. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're a hero. (laughs) But one of the chances she was on that flight where the one time the guy tries to come in the plane, he had jumped a fence. He had uh, what I don't understand is that airplane wing is really high. Like you couldn't give me a. For $1,000, I couldn't get up on the wing without a ladder. Like, he had to pull himself up and then, like, get a leg over. I mean, it's impressive. Okay, so you're relatively new. Have you had anything happen on any of your flights? So this one time we were leaving, I think, Chicago on a little 717. And I'm doing the safety demo at the back by the exit windows. And afterward, a passenger's like, hey... And I was like, what's up? And he was like, I found a lizard. Oh. 
if you can get me a cup, I can catch it. <laughs> that's was, normally what people say to you. I, like, I, I said, out. okay. So I went up front, I grabbed him a cup, and I came back, and he captured the cup, or the lizard in a cup. And then we were taxiing, so, you know, cabin's locked down. Yeah. No way for me to get rid of it. But I called the guys up front, and I said, this is really strange, but I need you to open the door and put this lizard out the window. Yeah, you threw him out. Yeah, so they opened it real quick. I passed them the cup with the lizard in it, and then we threw him out the flight deck window. <laughs> Don't know if he survived the fall, but A for effort. We tried. <laughs> Lizards on a plane. Lizards on a plane, the next big thing. I effed up on the plane. Or I should say, I fucked up on the plane, man. Woo, baby. So I was working galley. I like to work the galley. Uh, just a bunch of, like, organizing and setting stuff up. And um, it's it's a nice position. Um, so we have chocolate that we warm up for the ice cream sundaes. And on this particular plane, the bun warmer is really small. And the bread, all the bread can't even go in there. This is a breakfast service and... Um, I had to put some of the bread in the oven. There's three ovens and two of them have meals in it. Okay. And in the middle one, we have nuts that we warm up for like a, um, with the cocktail hour for breakfast. And, um, then I had to put the extra bread in there. And then I decided to put the chocolate for the ice cream. And I figured, you know, you're only cooking the bread and the nuts for, you know, like five minutes and then the chocolate will be sitting in a warm oven it'll be perfect in time for the sundays well what i didn't realize was the purser had put a meal we have an option if you don't want all the courses you can have all your food at the same time i didn't realize that she had put a meal in there and cooked it for the full 20 minutes so when i go to get the bread out of the oven Actually, she, the purser, opened it and a bunch of smoke came out. I mean, not we're not talking a little bit of smoke. We're talking smoke. And now we're at, you know, 30, whatever, thousand feet in the air. And the last thing you want is a fire. I'm telling you, the last thing you want is smoke. It'll freak everybody out. And so she hurried up and shut the, the, the oven door. And we both are looking at each other, eyes wide, like, ah! <laughs> I mean... We didn't think there was a fire at this point, but you don't know. You got to take everything seriously. So we needed to open the oven to look in there to see if anything was actually on fire that's creating all this smoke. Both of our initial reaction was that the croissants come in a plastic bag and there is cardboard in there, but it's supposed to be oven safe. So both of us were thinking something was messed up with those bags or that cardboard and that's what was smoking. So we're in there and now we're trying to see if anything's on fire, but all this smoke's coming out. And right now the galley is all full of smoke. And uh, we finally figured out it was the chocolate. The chocolate had bubbled over and burned, uh, burnt chocolate. So now our big problem is, so we shut the oven door and now we've got a galley full of smoke on the plane. And the, the galley on this plane is at the two door. So first class is in front of that and there's a bunch of people and you know 40 people in first class and so the two of us we've got trays and we're we're we're, <laughs> we're trying to dissipate this smoke before anybody notices you know we're, we're like maniacs 
<laughs> trying to get rid of this smoke. And so we hear a ding dong, and it's the captain. The captain could smell the smoke in the cockpit. And we're like, oh, it's fine. It's just some uh, burnt chocolate. And now at this point, um, the passengers are like, something wrong? There's, what's that smell? And I'm like, it's a uh, burnt chocolate. Uh, basically, uh, it turned out fine. You know, everything was fine. No no fire, but uh, I had a nice crew, and like at the end of the trip, everybody was like, it was nice flying with you, and I'm like, yes, yes, except for I'm sorry about the little fire. <laughs> I like sometimes where you can have three people having a conversation, and uh, they are hearing or perceiving a different conversation. We're in the back alley, and I don't know why we're talking about, I think I had been telling stories. <laughs> Shocker. And uh, we were talking about stand-up. And uh, one girl was saying, oh, I think that would be the, the most frightening thing in the whole world. And then this guy was saying, well, I don't think it'd be that different. I mean, uh, we fart in front of people all the time. And she's like, I could see. I heard him say we're in front of people all the time. And now I see her face looking very strange. And she's confused. And she goes, you fart in front of people all the time? He's like, what? He's like, no, we're in front of people all the time. But they're talking about farting and being in front. But I was also, I was like, what does being in front of people all the time have to do with doing stand-up? You know, you can't say that serving Cokes and chicken is similar to stand-up. Anyway, it was a very odd three-way being in front of farting people conversation. was a flight attendant and it was time to serve dessert. Yeah. So bringing up the lovely desserts to our passengers in the Delta One cabin. And I'm walking through beautifully with this ice cream sundae on the tray with the ice cream, the whipped cream, the nuts, chocolate sauce, the works. And I look at this beautiful lady sitting in her seat at say 2B and I'm smiling at her and as I'm smiling my tray is tipping downwards and the Sunday lands right into her shoe. <laughs> she had her beautiful, pretty high heel shoe and it just really sat there beautifully, right in her shoe. And she looked at me and then I just burst out laughing, you know, and ran away. Well, but I thought you were going to say it was in her lap. Actually, her shoe was in better than her, her lap. Shoe. So we had to take her shoe back to the galley, clean it all up, and then when we returned her shoe, we put it on a pretty pillow and said, here, princess, here's your shoe. And she was, she was very nice. But, um, princess. It was, really, it was really fun. You spilled things a lot? I spilled things lots. And uh, I'm, it's too bad, but I'm a great flight attendant, but I do spill a lot. And now I'm on the opposite side of the cabin, and this nice gentleman has, of course, his shoes off, big tennis shoes. And he'd like an apple juice. I said, oh, gladly. So when I give it to him, I drop it, and the glass drops into his shoe. So he has a tennis shoe filled with apple juice. So once again, I had to take the shoe back, dry it out with paper towels. But I think he had a sticky shoe that day. Yes, I bet. And he probably didn't get a princess treatment. He didn't get the princess. <laughs> he was a big, tall man, and I just said sorry. <laughs> I took a really quick trip down to Cozumel. Uh, the peso is like 20 to 1 right now. Uh, so Mexico is cheap. And uh, they have all-inclusives for 
I mean, they start at like $68 a night. You spend more money at home. And I find that I can do a lot of writing or on this trip, I wanted to edit. I'm working on uh, the third book of the TAR series and I thought I can get a whole edit done uh, at the beach and then snorkel. Well, great fun. And uh, this hotel, I've been trying a different hotel every time. And this hotel had, at the bar, they had swings hung from the roof. And I was like, how fun. Because, you know, after a certain age, you really don't swing. <laughs> but what I did find out is that it's difficult to swing and type. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> You know, I love to see what people buy on Amazon, and you can support the show by going to BettyInTheSky.com and clicking through any of the Amazon ads or the ads for my books, and it doesn't cost you any more, and it supports the show. Uh, some people bought Betty and the Jets, The Adventures of a Traveling Fool, my last book. Uh, somebody else bought Flickin' Chicken, and then another person, I always notice if it's something that I personally like. Also, somebody bought Nando's Lemon and Herb Peri Peri Sauce. I love Nando's. I like to go there when I'm in London. So if you want to support the show, just go to my website, bettingthesky.com, click through any of the Amazon links, and shop away. Thank you so much. Um, she was the, and like, I don't know why they put these people on A-Line Domestic. Right. And she said, oh, shortly we will begin with beverage service. What service? Beaverage service. <laughs> and there, service. And the, there was like, the whole front of the plane was million milers. And I was just, I was in the back with another Japanese woman. So I just got, when it, it was the old 319, I just went into the lab and like, like <laughs> fell over laughing. And I said, I would have, I would have given a lot of money to capture the faces of all the million <laughs> milers because she was like a 20 something and a really cute. Yes. In the last episode, I was mentioning how I hadn't even thought about it in years, how I had this perfect fake ID when I was a teenager because my older sister had moved to Florida and when her DMV license renewal came, I just uh, thought, hmm, and went down and had my picture put on her license. I'm really surprised I was able to pull it off, but I was, and it really was a uh, perfect fake ID for years. And uh, I mentioned it on the podcast, the last episode, and then I get a call from said sister. You did what? <laughs> I guess. I guess it makes sense that I wouldn't have told her if you're trying to get away with something. You wouldn't tell the person you took their ID, right? <laughs> so uh, quite a few decades later, she found out that I, uh, I impersonated her many years ago. In the last episode, I was saying that a nice flight attendant came up to me in the lounge and uh, sheepishly said, I think I know you. I recognize your voice. And it was only like the fourth person who had ever recognized my voice out in uh, public. <laughs> and now another one. So I've had like two in a month. I don't know what's going on. 
<laughs> so I, uh, I'm commuting home, uh, sitting next to a nice gentleman who critiques flight attendants overseas. So we were having an interesting conversation. And the young flight attendant who's working hands me a handwritten note. Now, we don't get any notes on the plane unless you're getting rerouted, but I couldn't be getting rerouted because I wasn't working. So I opened the note and it said, Dear Betty, I'm pretty sure I recognize your voice. Hopefully, I'm not totally off base on this one. I've been your number one fan since before I was a flight attendant. Would love to chat with you sometime, Francesca. And I was like, oh, that's so nice. Really touched my heart. I mean, it's nice that um, that I can think that in some ways, sometimes I might have uh, influenced people to go into what I think is a fantastic job. And uh, both of these young flight attendants said that they had listened to me before they came a flight attendant. So it's just kind of nice and kind of heartwarming. Thanks, Francesca. Now, I was working a flight from Seattle to Anchorage, and it was a late night flight, and everybody got on and got settled, and it was in the 727. And um, after the service, we made the cabin dark. And later on, I walked to the back, and there was a lady laying in the aisle. In the aisle? Laying in the aisle near the back galley. And I leaned down, and she didn't move. So I tapped her, and I said, ma'am, are you all right? And she didn't move. So I was really scared. We had an emergency. And then she, she opened her eyes, and she said, Oh, hi, honey. I'm sorry. I was just tired. So I thought I would lay down. <laughs> in the aisle. And, and she had, she was this nice older lady in a little dress, and she had her purse under her head like a pillow. And I said, well, ma'am, I'm sorry. You probably should move because someone might step on you. Yeah, step on your face. <laughs> so she said, oh, okay. And so I helped her get up. And then I talked to her and she said she was really tired because she had traveled from the East Coast and she hadn't had much to eat. So we just gave her a snack and some juice. And then when we got to Anchorage, I just helped her off the plane. Yeah, so that was an easy medical. It was easy. <laughs> but it was coming. really, okay. at first I thought yeah. this was serious. Yeah. So. so quick Recap, if you haven't heard the Chicken in the Sky episode about my uh, suction cup turtle named Herman, (laughs) Uh, a crazy lady had a little turtle with suction cups, booties stuck to the window of the airplane, a real turtle with suction cup booties stuck to the window, and a really, really nice flight attendant, uh, because I kept talking about Herman the suction cup turtle, made me a toy. Herman suction cup turtle. Okay, (laughs) I have to do a quick recap because I have people say, I don't know what you're talking about. So, and I keep talking about Herman, my suction cup turtle. So, uh, I'm now, I just told the whole story to this guy and girl flight attendant in the back galley. And we're in the back galley of a big airplane, a A330. So, it's, um, there's about... 20 meal and beverage carts in this galley. And uh, part of the crew is on crew rest. Uh, The service is done. Uh, We're sitting around just talking. And um, I told them all about Herman. So then I got out Herman, my suction cup turtle, to show them. And they're like, oh, oh, look at Herman. And uh, I went to stick him on uh, the oven to show them how he works. And Herman fell 
Okay, now you would think that's not a big deal. It's a, it's a plastic turtle with suction cups. But it's a big deal because he fell under the carts, which you don't know. And if you pull out those heavy carts, they're going to smush Herman. And so I was like, ah! <laughs> But what was so nice is because I just told the whole long version of the story, these flight attendants were like, oh, no, there was a passenger standing back there who was waiting for the bathroom. And she was like, oh, no, <laughs> we're all worried about Herman getting smushed by the meal cars. So luckily, these flight attendants were so nice that we all three of us got down on our hands and knees in the galley. And you know what? Those galley floors are not clean. But we were all worried about Herman. Someone got out their cell phone with their flashlight, and the passenger was like, I think he bounced. I think he went way under those carts. And so we're looking, and then finally we we're like, I see him. I see Herman. <laughs> so I was able to get my hand under the carts, get it out there. And it was like, yay, Herman saved. And then that flight attendant was saying, after I told her the whole story about the suction cup booties, how he had suction cups on his arms and legs, uh, feet. I guess you'd call it turtle feet. Um, and she was like, well, why did she bother with the suction cup booties? Because he has a shell, right? She could have just put one suction cup on the bottom of his shell. And I was like, yeah, that was probably pretty smart. But I would imagine someone who makes suction cup booties for their real live turtle is not that smart. <laughs> and it's all technically turtle abuse. So um, when I used to fly for Omni, which is a charter airline, um, we did international flights and we did a tr uh, flight from Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah. Um, that is a third world country. A yes. lot of people aren't used to flying. So <laughs> during boarding, a woman comes on with a, a baby. We're walking past, we're trying to figure out where her baby is at. We're like, oh, well, maybe she gave it to, you know, another person in the flight. So she kept saying, shh, shh, and pointing up. Oh, my God. Shh, shh, pointing up. So the one flight attendant, you know, she had had enough. She, she was like, what are you trying to say? She kept saying, shh, shh, pointing up. And she said, baby. And the lady's like, baby, where? She's like, baby in there. She's like, baby, where? So she freaked out and the baby was in the overhead bin because she wanted her to be in a safe, dark, sleep place. But she doesn't know that, you know, when we get up in the air, she could suffocate. So that was a yes. huge issue. We had I, another um, on a lot of flight. Um, you know, there's a lot of similar looking people. Yeah. I and mean, a uh -huh. lot of people have babies. Yes. So uh -huh. this lady comes back and ask the flight attendant if she can hold the baby while she goes to the bathroom. Okay. Right? So she does. And then she doesn't see the lady for a while. And um, the lady, she went back to her seat and she couldn't remember what the lady oh. So she's got this baby for like hours because she, <laughs> she can't remember she can't who find she is. And the lady was smart because she, this way she got someone to take care of her baby for hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I would have said no, no thank you. <laughs> My hands are dirty. I can't hold her. <laughs> so I'm planning a new trip. I'm going to go at the very end of August, mainly the first week of September. I'm either going to go to what I think. I always change my mind. I think I'm going to go to Tunisia 
or Portugal. And、uh, I was talking with a flight attendant, and I was saying, "Oh, I haven't been to an Arabic country in a long time, but because I'm tall and blonde and blue-eyed, you know, everybody likes something different."、Uh, a long time ago, when I the last time I think I went to an Arabic country,、uh, I get offers, you know, like. A thousand camels, and I thought, you know, I'm older now, so maybe I'll get offered like thirteen camels. <laughs> I had been saying that I was planning on going to Tunisia or Portugal, and I've changed my mind.、Uh, I do the po- I record things for the podcast throughout the month, so this way I don't have as much work to do when it's time to get the podcast out. And in that amount of time, I've changed my mind, and I'm going to Ecuador. Uh, I wasn't that excited about Tunisia or Portugal, and I'm excited about Ecuador. You know, I like the forest, the jungle, that kind of stuff. I like animals. So,、uh, I, when I went to Ecuador before, I was planning on doing some of the mainland and the Galapagos, and then I got to the Galapagos, and I liked it so much, I just stayed the whole time. So, I'm headed back to Ecuador, and here's—I、uh, have to give you a little heads up for next month, the next podcast. The wrinkle is that I'm going to be in Ecuador when I normally put the podcast out. So if I get enough material between now and when I leave for Ecuador, I will be on time with the podcast, and it might be slightly shorter. Or if I don't get enough material between now and then, I will probably be a few days late because I'll be in Ecuador, <laughs> which is as good as reason as any, if you ask me.、Uh, Ecuador, here I come. I tend not to be your average van ride companion. <laughs>、uh, we were going to Rome.、Uh, we'd gotten there and we we're taking the van. It was a very big van.、Uh, sometimes we have a big van and everybody gets their own seats. But if it's a smaller van, you know, you have to sit with someone. And so the very conservative captain、uh, got on pretty much last. And、uh, basically, it's like in your school. Bus, you have to decide who to sit with, and he says, "Do you mind if I sit here?" I'm like, "Oh no, sure." So we started chatting, like I do, and、um, he was saying, "Oh yeah, you know, we just had an incident recently,、um, unusual also, where、uh, a pilot in Rio de Janeiro、uh, got bit by a monkey." And they gave him a rabies shot, and then he couldn't fly. You can't fly after you get rabies shots. I always heard they're quite nasty, and、uh, so they had to hurry up and send a alternative pilot down to Rio. And、uh, that pilot ended up getting roofied, so he couldn't fly. <laughs> So they had to send a third pilot down to Rio. Now these passengers are just getting delayed and delayed. So they send a third pilot down, and then they finally take off. They're, I'm sure, days late now. Yeah, because not that you can't get down to Rio that fast, and then pilots have to have a break between. You know, they can't just fly down there and fly back. So these poor passengers. Then they finally take off after having a pilot bit by a monkey, and then roofied. <laughs> You know, happens all the time. Then they had a mechanical, and then they had to divert to Sao Paulo. Those passengers are probably like, "What the hell is going on?" But what I found interesting was, I haven't flown to Rio in a long time、uh, because I commute. I really like South America, and I really like the longer layovers. But they get back the morning of of the fourth day, and、um, 
we don't have flights that early to where I commute to. So I have to like sit around the airport for three hours and then I have to fly home and then I have an hour drive. And then by the time I get home, I'm just wrecked. I mean, so I basically really lose that day and I feel awful. So I basically haven't been doing South America. But when I used to do Rio, my favorite thing to do was to go see those monkeys. There's a fort there that you could hike up and I would go buy bananas specifically for the monkeys. Um, And if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know that I love monkeys. And these monkeys are little monkeys. They're 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 squirrel size with a long tail. And like I was telling this pilot in the van, I'm saying, and they have these little white balls. <laughs> I'm sure when he decided who to sit with on the van ride, the last thing he thought he was gonna be discussing was white monkey balls. <laughs> But I was saying how uh, I used to take stuff from the plane because I wanted to feed them because they're, I was surprised that the pilot got bit. You know, the monkey must have been sick because these monkeys are skittish. They're not the kind of monkeys. Some monkeys will come up to you. You have mischievous monkeys, but these real monkeys with the little white balls were skittish and, um, and also particular because at first I would take uh, bread from the plane because I thought they might like to eat that. Not so much. Then I brought nuts from the plane. No, uh, uh. They only wanted bananas, so I'd have to go buy bananas, and then I would put the bananas, and then I'd have to walk kind of far back before they would even come out to get their coveted bananas. So I don't really know how that pilot got bit, but uh, <laughs> so now we're in the van. I'm talking about, and it's funny because the next day a flight attendant was like, "You were talking about monkey balls on the van." <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, I was. And then after that, you know, one conversation kind of leads to another conversation. And since I like to talk about monkeys, then we started talking about the drunk monkeys on St. Kitts. And then I started talking about how the lemurs in Madagascar sometimes will like to, they like to drink wine. And they'll actually, um, if you're not paying attention, they'll come and they'll drink out of your wine glass, (laughs) which is fantastic. Just love to have a lemur drink out of my wine glass. But the Past the flight in the next day was like, uh, that, that poor pilot, you guys were getting into some wild conversations on that van ride. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Bye. Airport security! Airport security! That's cool.